Christmas. How's everybody doing tonight? It's great to be with you. It's great to have both families here uh, celebrating uh, this evening. We are one family in Christ. Amen. And uh, so it's great to celebrate with you all tonight. I'm so glad to see brothers and sisters and just to have this experience with you. Um, hey, kids, did you guys get a um, packet at all yet that has some coloring pages and things? All right, come on down. Grab those. Here you go. They're in this box here. There you go. Go ahead and grab some. I'm going to keep talking, okay? While they're uh, grabbing those, please feel free to come down. Also, if um, just to, to mention, our uh, our only offering tonight as, as a church, the way that we're encouraging all of us to give uh, this Christmas season is to, to give towards those that are in need in Haiti. And we do that through something called Advent Conspiracy. And uh, there is a basket right behind Marie. Marie, can you wave your arms wildly in the air <laughs> like you don't care? And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, there's a little basket behind her. We're taking the, uh, just that offering tonight. We've been, we've been doing that throughout the month of December. Oh, and um, if you're part of John's Junior Youth Class... And you have one of those um, boxes for Advent Conspiracy. You can put that back there too. Okay, so run back there and, and do that as well. Um, we have, uh, throughout the month of December, we've been in a series that we've called Jesus Comes to Bring. And what we've been talking about through the series is all of the, the things that Jesus, when He came to earth as God's own Son, as God with us, Emmanuel, as we just sang, all the things that He came bearing as a King... Uh, because he comes as a king with gifts, and so he gives those gifts to us, and we've been talking about those things together. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the gift of home, that when God comes to the world, he comes to bring us home. What am I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's feeling like home. Um, so, I, kids, I need your help, okay? So, in your activity packets, there is a piece of paper in there that has a box on it. It looks like this, only it's open. Hold it up if you find it. All right. How, how many of you, as you're finding that in your packet, how many of you received at your doorstep at all this year a box that kind of looks like this? This is not an advertisement for any particular company, but... <laughs> How many of you saw a box like this? What are some of the things that may have come to your house in a box like this? Food, presents, toilet paper, (laughs) eagles, diapers, vacuum. Everything comes in the boxes these days, right? Shows right up at your door. Okay, one of my son's, one of my son Kayla's favorite things to do, especially when there's a lot of boxes, he's waving his arms now, um, that when, when the boxes come to our doors, he loves to turn those boxes into things. Do you guys like to do that? You use the, sometimes the box is better than what's inside, right? So what, what do you turn those boxes into? Yeah. A fort. Very good. Yeah. Robots. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. What's that? A car to drive in. 
Put a little steering wheel in there. Very good. Yeah. So when when those packages come to our door, we we expect that they're going to be full of things, and we also sometimes can turn them into things. Now, here's where your sheet of paper comes in. I want you guys to draw whatever you would most like to see in a box that came to your door. If you're going to get a box at the door, what would you love to have inside of that box? Okay? So that's what you guys... So I'm going to come back to this in a few minutes, so spend some time doing that. Or here's the other thing that you can do. If you like to turn those boxes into something, a robot, a car, a fort, whatever, draw that as well. Okay? So either one or both. Go, go to town. Whatever your heart's desire is, okay? Parents and family members, while they're doing that, let's, let's keep talking because now our time is short before they finish that activity. <laughs> um, Christmas is about coming home. And uh, we've been looking at the prophet Isaiah and all that he has to say about this king who turns out to be Jesus and what he's like and what he comes to bring when he comes. And tonight we find ourselves in Isaiah 35. And it's going to be on page 497 if you're following along in the Bibles that we have under the seats, but it'll be on the screen as well. And this is what Isaiah 35, starting in verse 4, says. It says this about our true home. Say to those who have fearful hearts, be strong Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. Verse 8, and a highway will be there and it will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. Only the redeemed will walk there. And those whom the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now here's what Isaiah is doing. He is painting a picture for us about what our true home looks like. Um, when it says that God Himself is going to come and rescue us, it means God is literally, physically going to come to this world to do the saving and bring us to our true home. And that word, when he uses the word return, means that we're going to experience our home. And here's the truth of our story. Whether or not you particularly may believe this or whether you think this is part of your story, it is part of our story as a human race that we were created for a permanent home. We were created to experience a a home that never fails us, that never goes away, that's always the same and always full of joy, but we've lost that home. And yet, all of us are searching to rediscover, if you will, that home. Humans were created to live in a perfect home. It was called the Garden of Eden. But because of our rebellion against God, we lost that home forever because we turned away from the giver of life, the, 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 the center of that garden, which was God Himself. But at the end of God's story, at the very end of the Bible, if you look at some of the very last pages, we see that God actually recreates this garden in a city 
that comes down from heaven. That, that we will one day have a new home forever and ever and ever. This is our story. From beginning to end. That every one of us is living between those two homes right now, this night. And so we have, to, we have to think about what it means to be home. So let me ask you, and anybody can participate, when you think of this idea of home, what comes to your mind? What do you think about when you think of home? Family, okay. People that you love being there. That's usually the first one, right? What else? Comfortable. Acceptance and approval. Warmth. Relaxation. Safe, yeah, yeah. Joy, great. What's that? Good eat, yeah. <laughs> Things to eat. Unruly kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you going to help me out here? Yeah. So, but if you've ever moved from one place to another, you realize that just because you're in a house, it doesn't actually feel like home, right? Because home fits you. Home is where you belong. And home is the place where it just, it, it gives you the sense of joy and the sense of peace and the sense of hope that you know that your soul was created to exist, to, to experience. I, I remember when, when we moved from Runnymede to Cherry Hill. I'm just afraid he's going to get in the candles, that's all. <laughs> um, we had about 40 different people that helped us with that move, and one of those, the two people that helped us towards the end of the day were Christina and James. I tell this story a lot, especially for our family. You've probably heard it before, but one of the, they said, we'd love to help, but we don't know what to do. And all, most of the boxes were moved in at that point, and they said, and, and Christina said this, because James would never say this, but she said, I would love to help organize your kitchen. And so they took all of the boxes that had the word kitchen on them and they figured out all the different places where all those things go while we were doing other things. And then at the end of the night, when everything was moved in, they said, we would like to now introduce you to your kitchen. This is where everything is, you know. And said, so this is the coffee station and this is where the plates are. And one of the things that I loved about that is that it all fit. Everything was where it should have been. I walked around going, man, it feels like home already. Because they helped to make it a home. And now I'm loaning their services out. If you're moving, they're the ones to go see if you want to organize your kitchen. But it, it fit who we were. Home fits in a way that is particular to you. Um, when you think of a homeland, the place that you're from, it, it's a place where you don't have to struggle to find an identity anymore. It's the place where it just... It's who you were meant to be and who the other people are that you know that you have a connection with them regardless how long you've been away. When you go back to your homeland, you know that you're home when you're there, right? When I travel to, to Haiti with some of our teams and we come back, one of the first things I notice when we get on U.S. soil is that everyone speaks English again. And I don't have to do the mental math in my head to figure out what everyone's saying because now I can just have a conversation and when that moment happens, I can feel myself in a posture of relaxing because I realize that I've come home. That's what home is. Home is a, a it, it gives you a sense of nostalgia sometimes. You know, 
I, I can get a hot dog anywhere in the world, but it does it pales in comparison to Jack's hot dog stand on Eagle Street in North Adams. Amen? Right? <laughs> I'm talking to my parent, my, my dad and my sister back there. Because I even if I walk by that place, I just it feels like home. That's that's what I think of when I think of home. So what does it mean to be homeless? To be without a home. To be without a home means to be dislocated from all these things. To be without rest and without comfort, without peace, without joy. Those of you who have ever experienced this before, and I've learned through some of my friends along this line, you feel like you're without an identity, without a story, without a history. And so because of that, you're constantly tired, constantly drained, constantly confused. And the truth is... Whether or not you've ever experienced physical homelessness or not, you and I have all experienced spiritual homelessness. Because we live between these two homes. We were intended for a permanent home, and yet we don't have that home today. We're alienated. We're adrift. And if you look deep into your heart, you'll know it's true. And here's how I know. How many Christmas songs are out there that talk about this longing for home? Can you think of some? There's no place like home for the holidays. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams, right? Please come home for Christmas. Holiday home. All of these, we long for this sense of home, especially at Christmas. Why is that? It's because for many of us, the holidays represent a time when we felt like we were at home, when we felt like things were permanent, when we felt like things were permanently full of joy, and all of us are trying to get back to that reality. Are we not? Now here's the bad news. If that's you, and it's certainly me, then we are looking in the wrong place. We're looking to get something that can't from something that cannot provide it. Do you want to know how I know? Because Psalm 90 verse 1 says this, Lord, You have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or You brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. What is the psalmist saying there? He's saying, You're our home. See, here's the, here's the truth that we have to understand. Home is not a place Home is not a season. Home was not a time in your life. Home is a person. It's a person. And what that means is that, that we were created to experience this person. Everyone in this room was, ex- was created and crafted by God to know Him and love Him and serve Him and worship Him and experience Him. To be so delighted in Him and with Him that we would live our entire existence on planet Earth with Him at the very center of who we are and what we do every moment of every day because He's our home. Think of all the things that you think of when you're home. Now apply those to God and see if they hold true. Do they? Is it the one that you long to just fall into the arms of like you fall into your easy chair? He's our home. Now the truth is that because we were created to live that way, if we live with absolutely any other thing that God created as our home, as the center of our existence, if we put anything above Him or love anything more than Him, 
That could be a relationship or a marriage or a career or family or politics, anything. Then we're turning something that wasn't intended to be our real home into a home of our own making. And it can't bear the weight of what we're making it into. They're good things, but they're not our home. They can't be everlasting. And the truth is because our lives and our, our t- testify to the fact that we don't live our lives with Him at the very center, that He's not the one that we put first in all things, yet because we were built for that, we feel this sense of homelessness, this sense of dislocation. It's inevitable. We were built for Eden. We were built for paradise. But we rejected God in favor of being our own masters to be the controllers of our destiny. And so because of that, we lost our true home. And the home that we now have, the world that we now live in, does not look like our true home, doesn't it? It's a place that is bears the testimony of our violated relationship with God. It's a place of aging and sickness and cancer and death. Things that we were never created to experience in our entire lives. This world is not our home. It doesn't meet our deepest needs. It doesn't fit us. And we know it. Narnia, if you've ever read the Chronicles of Narnia, puts it this way. It's, it's a world that's always winter and never Christmas. That's our world. Now you think, why would God do that? But it it shouldn't surprise us because here's the thing, when I sin against a friend, I'm no longer welcome in his home. Right? If I use a friend, if if I treat a friend poorly, if I transgress against them, and then show up at his home the next day like nothing ever happened, am I welcome in his presence? Probably not. Because sin leads to being expelled from those that we love the most. We get kicked out. We lose access to our home. And that's God's story. That we violated our relationship with God and so we lost access to our true true home. But, but, there is good news. And it's the good news of Christmas. It's what Christmas is all about. That Jesus Himself has come to bring us home. He's come to be our home. How in the world does Christmas do that? Well, the answer is found in the Christmas story itself because one of the main themes that you find in the Christmas story is the theme of homelessness. It's the theme of rejection. Because when Jesus was born into the world, He was rejected by the world that He created, according to John 1. Now, when we often think of the nativity, what do we think of? We kind of think of this like happy little smiling, everyone's singing, wonder, like, you know, it's a small world after all. <laughs> everything's clean, everything's gleaming, all is wonderful and merry and bright. But is that the real scene? See, I, I think we've sanitized what the scene is actually about. We have songs like Away in the Manger that say, The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay, cattle are lowing. It sounds so cute, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to be born in a stable? Thanks, James. 
See, the truth about Jesus' birth is that He wasn't born at home. He was born on the road. He wasn't born in Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem. And even when He got there, every single door was shut to Him and there was no room for Him. Only a stable was the only place that they could find, which was dark and cold and filthy. And this 16-year-old pregnant girl delivers a baby among the urine and the manure. Sorry to get graphic on you. I mean, think of what the mom and baby are exposed to in this moment. This is no place to have a child enter the world, let alone God Himself come to save us. It's not sweet, it's disturbing, actually. Now you think, why did it have to be that way? It's because Jesus' birth story is not just a story, it's a symbol of what He came to do. It's a symbol of how hostile the world is to the One who created it, but it's also a symbol of why Jesus came in the first place. Because the nativity story shows how this Savior is going to bring us home. Christmas is a foreshadowing of the rest of Jesus' life. That He was born into homelessness. In fact, Jesus said it Himself in Matthew 8.20. He said, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest His head. He has no home. He's born homeless. He lives homeless. And then at the end of of His life, He is crucified homeless. In fact, one of the things that Jesus says when He's crucified is, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? That Jesus lost His home on earth and in heaven. Leviticus tells us that at Yom Kippur, in order to make atonement for the sins of the people and to seek God's forgiveness, that the people would lay their hands on a goat and they would confess their sins in a symbolic way so that they could transfer what they had done to transgress against God to the goat, which is called a scapegoat, and then what would they do with the goat? One would be killed and the other would be sent away. Outside the city, into the wilderness, removed and expelled from the presence of the people. Now what was going on there? The goat was paying the penalty for the the violation. And the violation always leads to ejection. See, because when you wrong someone, when you betray someone, when you hurt someone, when you use someone, you get kicked out of that relationship. That's the consequence for it. And that's what was happening to Jesus in the moment. See, because we turned away from God, we have been ejected from His presence. We've become homeless. But, this is the story of Christmas. That Jesus Christ, God's only Son, came to earth and experienced our homelessness. And at the end of His life, on the cross, He was being ejected for us. He was the scapegoat who was crucified outside the walls of the city. He was getting the cosmic homelessness that we deserve so that we could be brought into God's presence forever without penalty. He left the ultimate home in heaven. He came down into the darkness of our sins so that we could be brought into His light. This is Christmas. This is why it's such good news. This is why we celebrate. This is why we sing, God, You've come, Emmanuel. Now you might look around at this world and go, okay, I understand all that, but why hasn't the world looked different? Why isn't it a place where we don't 
We, we don't see all the things that Isaiah talks about. There is still the lame, and there is still the blind, and there is still the homeless, and there is still the poor, and there's still sickness, and there's still death. There's still all these things that we've always experienced. Why are they still here? And I think, I think the answer is that you can't. When you think about what it means to be at home, the very first thing that you said was that home was a place where those that you love are, right? Especially if you've lost people. How, how we long for the people that we've lost along the way. And home never feels like home until we regain those that we've lost. It's the same that's true for our God. Home for Him will never be home until He redeems those that He's lost. That's why the very famous verse, John 16, says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall never perish but have eternal life. See, He he gave up His Son so that we, His sons and daughters who are rebellious and wayward, could come home. I just want to ask you, do you believe this story? Because it's not just a story. It's a reality. And in fact, if you don't believe that it's a real story, then you have no reason for hope and joy on this Christmas Eve. No reason at all. Because we're still stuck if we don't have a Savior. But the good news of Christmas is that we do. We have a home with Him today. In fact, what we're told is that that the home that's coming is now put in us today by His Spirit. That you you and I can now live this experience of being home with God moment by moment every single day of our lives when we come to know Him as the home that we desire. So, okay, kids, what did you draw? Hold up your papers. What do you got? A roller coaster. A PS4. What else? Shout it out. Elsa. All the things that I want. <laughs> Good. What else? What's on there? A mermaid, a shark, and an octopus. Man, I want those to show up at my door. <laughs> they can't fit in the same box. Yeah. <laughs> They're silly, right? All good things, right? Except for what? Except for the shark, yeah. I'd like a shark if I could figure out how to keep one at home. All good things that showed up. And and you, I'm sure you could make tons of great things out of boxes. Did anybody make a home out of a box? Anybody draw a house? Let me ask, can a house fit inside this cardboard box? No, it can't. Right? It's too big for this. Can this fit inside a house? So if you have a home... You can receive really good gifts and enjoy them. But if you don't have a home, can you enjoy the box? See, here's here's what I think often happens for us. We treat cardboard boxes like homes. And all of us have them. 
All of us have things that we love, that we cherish, that we anticipate showing up at our door. It might be a physical thing like a PS4. It might be a relationship or a spouse. It might be kids. It might be our dream home. It might be a retirement. It might be financial security. What is it for you? What good thing do you want to show up at your home? What thing are you longing for? What thing do you think will give you your sense of significance and purpose and hope and joy in the world? All good things, but they're not home. And in fact, if we make those cardboard boxes into homes, they end up ruining us, don't they? Because if, if we slept outside in a cardboard box tonight, we would be in trouble by the morning. All of us want to return to our homes. I just want to encourage you and say that Jesus is the home that you need. He's the home that you were built for. He's the home that you long for. Please do not put your faith in any other thing because it will not give you what only He can give you. And that's good news, isn't it? He's come to be those things for us. So let's pray. And then we're going to light some candles and we're going to sing some more to our great King. Father, we thank You that You sent Jesus to be our home. Thank You that He loved us when we didn't love You. While we were busy making our home out of so many other cardboard boxes, You came to be our true home. You did not hold our sin against us, but You became homeless so that we could be at home with You. Help that reality hit home for us right now, this evening. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, do you have uh, your candles? When you do come home to Jesus and He comes to live inside of you, we're told that He puts His light in us. He makes us bearers of His light. And that's one of the ways that the world starts to look different. Is that that light that He puts inside of us goes from person to person to person until this world is covered with His glory as the earth is covered with the seas. So I'm going to pass His light on. And I hope that you do the same until this room is full of the light of Jesus.